Yo, 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 what's good? It's your boy Roy, and this is another episode of Sync Gems. Yes, today we have Andrew, Weaver, and Lauren, Denmark from Triple Thread Supervision. This is actually the first conversation I have with two straight up supervisors that are so passionate about what they do and they work together, which is not typical for supervisors. So this is super cool. It's a super cool interview. We talk about things like what is supervision, how Andrew and Lauren got into supervision. We talk about their dream projects their work with artists. We talk about what their ideal work with artists looks like and also big no-nos for artists. They give so much good advice about how to approach supervisors and how to talk to them, how to create that communication because I think that's very misunderstood in the music composer community. Anyway, it was for me until we got talking. If you want to support this podcast, please go ahead and rate and review the podcast. This really helps. This gets it into more ears and it really shows me the love and shows me that what I'm doing is heard by people. So please go ahead and do that. And without further ado, I present to you Lauren and Andrew from Triple Thread. We are on Sync Gems. Andrew and Lauren, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Um, it's it's my also my first uh, three-way conversation. So that's it's it's just gonna be it's just gonna be fun. We're just gonna roll it and see how it's going. What I I would love to to know from y'all is how your stories kind of uh, um, meshed together. Um, how y'all came into the point where you are seeking the same thing and starting a successful supervision company together. Um, yeah, I mean, really, it kind of, uh, our journeys both started individually in the supervision world. Uh, we both worked under supervisors. Um, I worked under Anastasia Brown and uh, Lauren worked under uh, Clark. And through that, we uh, started getting our experience. We both were very, very passionate people about this craft in the music industry. And really what happened is we met at Music Biz, which is a uh, conference in Nashville. And there, there's like maybe one panel on music supervision and sync licensing out of the maybe like 50 panels that go on. And we were both were volunteering and we both quickly became friends. We saw each other at the panel. Uh, you know, we're helping with various parts of the event. And through that, uh, we just stayed in touch as friends. And we were both on our own paths and our own journey while we were in college. And figuring things out. And ultimately, what happened is during the pandemic, uh, while it was a terrible thing, you know, that really stopped everybody in the tracks, it 
stopped us and allowed us to kind of take that step back and think, you know, is now the right time to start that supervision company? And uh, I, I know I said, I, I really can't do all of this myself. Like, I think uh, it'd be a bit naive if either of us said we'll be able to do this all on our own because, you know, we are just a few years out of college, uh, very fresh, uh, very new into this field. While we do have experience, uh, we were still very new. And so thought, you know, who could I partner with on this, especially in Nashville, where uh, most music supervisors live in uh, New York or LA or Chicago. And uh, it became supersonic clear that Lauren was that person. And it, it really was like from that first meeting where like kind of crazy, but would you want to start a supervision company together? Uh, it's, it's just uh, been amazing since then. And, you know, we, we found opportunity where uh, some may not uh, usually think and um, you know, with different types of clients and types of media that we work on. And also uh, I think, we have found a lot of success as a duo, which uh, isn't always the case. A lot of times it's just one person uh, that works on these. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it, you know, essentially it's, that's how we met. And that's how we've been working ever since. Beautiful. Um, Lauren. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, our friendship. We've got a very strong partnership and, um, you know, our strengths and weaknesses balance each other out, I think, perfectly. Um, we're almost like a yin and yang in that way. And, you know, we have different, so many different experiences. I mean, we both had, um, you know, just a number of internships and jobs before, you know, we decided to step out on our own. And I think we really complement each other well um, in a lot of different aspects of our business. So very grateful to be uh, working with him and yeah he's a fantastic friend and a fantastic business partner and um yeah we we hit it off i mean right away from the start and just always kept in contact you know um stayed friends and then we decided you know after enough experience we wanted to go out on this venture together and it's been amazing yeah, it reminds me of, of composition in a lot of ways, way, way you are speaking to. It's like sometimes one person is not as good as in something and they're and and they have somebody who complements that. So they can basically, as composers, they can make a track in less than a day because it's like boom, boom. It's, a, it's like, a, it's like, a, 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 um, and yeah, that's why I'm hearing that triple thread. It's like echoing in my in my in my head. Um what what brought you to supervision guys like what what brings one to supervising what brings you to and we will touch your duo aspect but what what brought y'all to 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 what brought you Lauren to to start supervising yeah um I guess the short answer to that um really would be you know I've always been super passionate about music about TV about film uh grew up you know, really immersed in that. Um, I, you know, I played in band, I played clarinet, saxophone, piano. Um, I grew up, my mom took me to the movies twice a week. 
Um, so I just was immersed in the culture. I've seen so many different, you know, films, TV shows. It's what I'm passionate about and uh, had a friend, um, you know, I was in a music appreciation class and came in and talked about, you know, music supervision on the entry level. And I just thought, wow, you know, that's that's what I want to do with my life and um, have been very hungrily pursuing that ever since. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I, my, my, just about the journey and how we got into it. Oh, yeah. Uh -oh. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, um, how, what th that's crazy, by the way, Lauren, I've, I've, I haven't heard of supervision until probably three years ago or something like that. So that's, I, I feel like it's amazing. Uh, Andrew, what, what brought you, onto this path because you sound like again like you both sound like you are super you love what 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 y'all are doing and that's what i feel like also on your um, in your bios it feels like it's it's a part of you so andrew what 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 brought you into supervision yeah um i i will say i think lauren definitely has had the uh the fire a bit longer than i have i had no idea what it was until uh you know, I really went to college. Uh, I I come from a classical background, so uh, film scores and composers are my my world. That's my bread and butter. But um, I, I I didn't know about it until I went to a panel and somebody said you you might like this. They they talk about film scores, and I was like, oh okay. And the panel on music supervisors, and they talked about film scores, but then they talked about doing the theme song to a show or. Um, they talked about like one was about the movie August Rush, which was a very inspirational film and how music is explained right uh, through that story. And I think um, for me, it just that that panel just opened my eyes up to this whole new world that I just wasn't aware of. Um, you know, that's that's when I started realizing, oh my gosh, like this is incredible. Uh, I am just uh, I, I think this is what I'm called to do. This is where my passion is, right? Um, since then, you know, I could have looked into doing touring and marketing, management, whatever it may be. Uh, and every job opportunity I've done has been related to sync um, because I really feel passionately about uh, what the power of sync can do for artists and, you know, how wonderful it is to be able to be that music influencer for uh you know, such important stories that get uh, shared across the world so yeah ever since then it's been there since 2016 so mm. so you said something really powerful there you said i discovered what sync can do for artists and i would love for you all to double click on that was there like and and perhaps uh, um, add a story to it. Is was there a, pa a part where you were like, "Oh, I can really help artists do this thing"? Is it what angle does it come in for a supervisor? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the power of sync is really a. It it always depends. What I we always say is every song has a story of its own. You know, um, on. Uh, whenever you're clearing it, getting it approved, selecting that song for production. But, um, you know, what's really special is, is 
those can help make or break a career in multiple ways. One, you know, it's about the exposure that artist gets exposed to a whole new audience. So let's say there's a show that, uh, you know, we'll say Love Island, for example. Love Island doesn't usually cost a lot to have the music in there, I, I imagine, but the exposure is huge. You get added to playlists. All the people in Love Island UK are checking out, you know, your music, but maybe you're an American artist. That's a whole new audience and a whole new brand that's checking out uh, your music. And, uh, you know, so it, it, it's a great way. You don't have to go tour and you uh, get that exposure through that program and it's in there forever, right? So, you know, you become a part of that story, which uh, I think could be really powerful, especially if it's something impactful. You know, there's a lot of uh, social justice uh, ads. There's, you know, really great activations, and uh, you know, really great stories uh, where music has played a pivotal role in that. Um, and then I would also say, too, um, you know, from a monetary standpoint, sync can be a huge game changer where uh, I know of artists who one sync placement has completely changed their lives, right? So they're able to go uh, from living in their car to uh, it, putting a down payment on a house or going to an apartment uh, complex and, and putting down your first month of rent. And, um, I know another artist that it funded their entire tour. And so, you know, it's it, it can really be that game changer as well from a monetary uh, perspective where, you know, we're living in a world where touring, you're usually not earning that much. Streaming, you're not earning, you have to get, a million streams just to get a couple grand. So, uh, you know, that's where it's really important, I think, you know, for artists uh, where they're really seeing a lot of that value. And um, in addition, it's going to be for the writers, it's going to be a consistent paycheck. If it's something that's airing continuously, you know, it's going to be something that happens again and again and again and again, and again with exposure rather than, um, you know, it. I guess what I'm trying to say on the writer's side is it's it's a uh, continuous paycheck versus like the one-time thing and like going to perform at a songwriter's round or something like that. So, how about you, Lauren? What's your angle on that? Yeah, well, I think um, you know Andrew made some really great points, and it is a huge thing to you know be able to put you know food on the table for your family um, with your craft. And that's something that, you know, we discuss and we're very passionate about. And, you know, as a business, we really um, try to think with, you know, the artists in mind always and um, protecting them and making sure that, you know, they know their rights. And a huge part of what we do as a company, and I think why we align so well, and what we hold at the center of our values is um, education for artists. And, you know, a lot of the um, film contacts that we work with on that side as well. Um, just making sure that, you know, they know their rights and they're protected and, you know, they know, um, you know, not to sign those rights away, you know, for their publishing or their master um, necessarily. So, yeah, I think a great example of that would be, um, you know, Snow Patrol and when they got used in Grey's Anatomy. Um, I think that is a really cool example um, of a show that just put them on the map and nobody knew who they were before that. And, you know, to get a huge payday like that off of a show is a plus. But I think at the end of the day, we're all passionate about music 
and the craft and you know you yourself know that as an artist and so it it takes a lot but i think there's a huge value in getting that exposure and also you know getting compensated for it providing for yourself wow yeah so much uh so much there and i i said i I said and I mean it because I mean the whole concept of supervisors for artists is a bit of something that is more far-fetched so I'm so happy that y'all are bringing it home uh, I don't know if what I'm saying it will make sense in a, in a minute but um, reaching out to supervisors uh, has has been proven to be a concept that doesn't always work and let's let's just say 95% it doesn't work because supervisors get hit up all the time and they need to uh, um, and they need to clear and make sure that they are working with the right people with the right artists with the right um, with the right approaches people who have all their rights to their songs where does that meet you guys so how do you choose the artists and the campaigns you work on yeah um you know i will say uh you're absolutely right we get probably 15 emails a day of people sharing music um you know i've i've always been under the impression and, and lauren feels the same way like that you know you have to be fans of music, right so to be in this job you have to be a fan of film tv ads whatever media you're working on and music, right? They can't just be music has to be a solution. Uh, music isn't something that's just, oh yeah, you know, we'll find something that works. It's, you know, it, it can be like we were just saying a really important moment for those artists or for uh, that story that they're trying to tell. And we love checking out new music. We're always listening. We love, we have our favorites, but um, you know, with that, we are always looking and you never know, you know, if you are an artist, you never know. Uh, that song that you pitched three years ago may get picked up uh, in a new TV show, and that music supervisor has that email, and they downloaded the song, and now are reaching out. So sometimes it just takes time. But I, I will say too, you know, there's been the from reaching out and building those connections. It's really important to build authentic uh, connections and be a verified resource or source, you could say. And you know what I mean by that is. There are a lot of people out there that want to get a sync placement, right? And you need to have a, a, a good reputation, a great track record, um, and the ability to be on a quick turnaround. So uh, with all of that, it's, you know, a lot of times a sync agent or a publisher or a label who has those trusted relationships with a music supervisor. So... Uh, that's where they're able to build, and that's the go-to person. Lauren and I have some people that, you know, oh, that's some of our go-to people, and there's other people that we you know, uh, we like listening to their music and, you know, maybe not at the top of our list. And, and then there's some new people that come in every single day that we're checking out and, and uh, getting verified. But, you know, for us, what's really important is we need people that can build trust and have those quick turnarounds and aren't going to make a mistake and say, let's say an indie artist reaches out and says, oh my gosh, I forgot my cousin um, Sam was a co-writer on this. 
He's with Sony Music Publishing over there. Well, that that's it. That's gone. Okay, well, that they're going to be really upset about that. And so, you know, that's that's a bridge that's burned. And, you know, there's no going back from that. So, you know, I say try and make sure if there's like a certain... It, it never hurts to reach out individually. We've definitely had that happen. But if there's a publisher you're with or a label or um, a, a sync agent that you all know, uh, Go, go talk to them because usually they're the ones talking to us and one way or another we're going to get the music so uh, you know if it comes from people like those trusted sources that's when we're most likely going to take the time to listen to it and put it in our disco database and store it for you know future uses so uh, trusted trusted uh, resources meaning libraries uh, it depends every project has different uh, fees and different types of music needs um, you know, it could be a music library, it could be a music publisher, it could be a label, it could even be an independent artist if they're trusted and verified. Like, uh, Lauren has somebody in town that we, we've gotten to know very well who's a guitar player in downtown uh, Nashville, plays at the bars. Incredibly talented guitarist, right? Okay, he has some stuff that we always consider and check out um, because, you know, for the right stuff um, because we know he's a trusted contact and he's somebody that uh, we've worked with in the past and has a good track record. Mm, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll turn it around to Lauren and ask, like, ask what does a project with triple threat looks like? And I know that it's, it's a broad question, right? But what are there general commonalities between uh, the projects that you work on? Like, how does it, um, let's say, from the uh, editor, from a brief maybe, to an editor, to somebody ho uh, um, uh, um, somebody hiring you, how does that work for from your angle? Yeah, um, well, I think that's a great question and probably the best way to explain that and explain us as a company um, and kind of where the name Triple Threat Supervision comes from. So we have three aspects that we work with that are all part of music supervision, um, but make us, you know, a little bit different. Um, I think there's some music supervisors that just strictly do the creative. A lot of them also do music licensing. And then um, some people also do uh, score supervision as well and oversee uh, composers and creating custom score. And so we do all three, um, hence the name Triple Threat. And so I think um, each project and each client that we work with, you know, we really focus on assessing their needs and meeting them where they are and looking at exactly what they need for what their budget is. And, you know, every project is similar and different um, in different ways. And I guess the best way that I could answer that, you know, is um, going back to what Andrew said, just working with, you know, our trusted contacts on both sides, um, you know, I think on the production side for um, film, TV, podcasts, commercials, um, all different types of media that we span across. Um, we primarily work in independent film right now, but we're branching out to, you know, other mediums. And yeah, I mean we really just try to meet people where they are. And I know that 
it's kind of a funny answer, but every project is is different um, in what it needs. And that's our job is to come in and really be that liaison and communicate on behalf of, you know, the rights holders that, you know, we're licensing music from, um, you know, whether that be a music library, a composer, or, you know, someone that we're having come in and create custom content, you know, a custom song just for sync. So I think that all of our projects, you know, kind of have different needs and it's about building those relationships and that trust because, you know, you're not going to use somebody just off the street that you don't know that you don't have a relationship with because, you know, they could have samples in, in their music and you have no idea. And that could be a huge problem later on down the road. And, you know, we're always going to protect our clients and the artists that we work with and make sure that, you know, everybody's covered on all sides. So I think that's the, the best way to answer your question. I mean, Andrew, you could chime in here if you think I missed anything, but. Oh, crushed it. Shout outs to samples. Um, <laughs> They're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Shout outs to samples. Um, uh, we may get back to that, but I'm, I'm, I, I want to, um, I want to build on that and ask you what, what does your guys is dream project right now? Like, what does it look like for y'all? Go for it, Lauren. It's a great question. You know, I think it, it takes a lot of time to, to build up that relationship with somebody, um, you know, on, on the buyer side, because music supervision, there's, you know, we're essentially buying music on behalf of the productions that we're working for. Right. And so I think, you know, obviously we love the creative aspects of things and, you know, we're working on projects where we're doing some of that, but it takes a lot of trust for, you know, people on the, the creative side for the content to give you full creative control over projects. And music licensing is a huge aspect of, you know, what we do as well. And I know not every supervisor does that, but it's a huge part of supervision. And sometimes people even hire, you know, entire clearance teams to help them out on their projects because that part is such a heavy lift. There's so much paperwork and so much administration and other tasks that you wouldn't realize on the outside looking in. You know, I think supervision kind of gets this connotation uh, when people don't fully understand it. You know, it's almost like you're you're a DJ for a project, right? You get to like people would assume, oh, you get to pick these pro, you know, pick these songs for these projects. And I think in an ideal world, that would be really cool to you know just do creative on a project. But there's so many other things that go into it that people don't realize, you know, and yeah, but I guess for me, you know, I, we, Andrew and I both love film, but for me, ideally, uh, to get a, you know, a huge feature film and, uh, just be able to put a bunch of needle drops in there and, you know, have an unlimited budget is always the ideal situation. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Andrew, you want to, you want to share what your ideal project is? Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you too. Anything that has as much money as possible, 
Because <laughs> <laughs> um, A, we love giving that back to the artists and writers. And, um, B, you know, uh, th that's one of the hardest things about uh, this craft is, you know, sometimes the song may work so well, but it's too expensive and you got to go another way. And, you know, uh, there's Temp Love where people get really into the track that's tempt in and, you know, then people love it and they're stuck with it or, you know, they they need to go find something else because it's too expensive and people can't like get that con or that idea out of their heads. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it, it's uh, it's having that ability, a full creative range to work on a project and being able on on, on both aspects where you know, really triple threat is able to be that full triple threat, right? So we're doing the creative supervision, finding and sourcing uh, music for the production. And uh, then we, sure, we'll do the licensing and clearance. And then finally also getting to bring on a composer and get a work with them and go into the studio uh, and record the soundtrack at Ocean Way in Nashville or you know, wherever it may be, but that, that would be, you know, uh, a dream, I think for us as we're continuing to grow our brand and grow our company here in town. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a huge feature film and, and something really important for us too is, uh, you know, as we've gotten into this too, you know, it, it's one thing to work on just to work on projects, to work on projects, but, you know, we really want to be focused, uh, and work on impactful projects that you know are really sending a strong message so uh there's a film coming out uh probably towards the end of the year that you know has really powerful message uh about the foster care system we're really looking forward to the community sharing there's another one about a man's personal journey uh going through alcoholism drug addiction and uh their journey back to their family and then how their family is that route right and so you know, we are really passionate about telling a really important story. You know, we love, we love the fun, go get them, you know, don't hurt me. I haven't seen John Hurt, but like, you know, it's very action oriented. Love that, great films and stuff, but you know, uh, it, it's totally different than what you see for like an Interstellar or a Till movie or, um, you know, Selma or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that brings me actually to uh, an interesting, an interesting question. Was there a hard lesson y'all learned about supervision throughout your journey that you, I mean, you had to learn only through walking, like only through walking in this fire, you had to learn that lesson. Was there anything like that for y'all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot to be said um you know just just in the admin things and like paying attention to detail and you know just just being so hyper organized and i think if you don't have those skill sets in this career path um i don't want to say you're doomed because you can learn those things um you for sure can and everybody makes mistakes you know and i think the industry is definitely you know, turning around, um, you know, and being less, less harsh. I think when we first started out, it was, you know, this hyper awareness of, you know, you can't make a mistake. There's no room for growth or failure. And I think people are changing their view on that. Um, 
but yeah, I, w- I would just say there are certain skill sets that people really need to learn and to develop and um, yeah, like really advocating for yourself and making sure you're getting paid for overtime or just proper amount of time that you're spending on a project. Um, you know, making sure that, you know, artists are getting compensated properly, that there's enough budget uh, to do a project. Um, you know, all definitely things you learn when you're young and you're starting out. Um, you know, you learn that your time, our time is very valuable. Um, and so it's a, it's a huge thing that you don't want to waste, let's say. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think one of my favorite things about working with Lauren and like as our company hold to is, you know, uh, like we said from the beginning, that we don't, we are not the person working on season 21 of Grey's Anatomy. Uh, we, you know, we, we come here to the table knowing that there is a lot still left to do. Uh, we know a great deal, but this is a craft that is continuing to evolve. Um, there's a lot of things going on in the news too about, yeah, exactly pay compensation, uh, unionization and things like that. And, uh, do you know, we, supervisors are advocating for that because, you know, they're realizing that their value is not being seen in the community. And so, you know, I think uh, what's been really great is every project Lauren and I have worked on, uh, you know, from a creative standpoint and a business standpoint, we've learned lessons on each one that have helped us, you know, uh, kind of where we're like that yin and yang together. Like, it just makes that stronger. You know, every single project we work on, it, it, it just continues to show how strong and resilient we are at that. And if something happens, you know, then I think we're both very honest people and we're able to address those. Uh, if a mistake happens as well, it's not something where our pride is hurt. Uh, it's, hey, you know what? Let's go fix the problem. Let's get right on it, right? Um, you know, but yeah, I, I will say, you know, it's a very detail-oriented job. But there's some, you know, basic but essential skill organization uh being detail oriented being a very analytical person and you know it's because they're important because you know you have this responsibility on both sides right you have the responsibility to the film we'll just say film production company and making sure that all of their music needs are being met at their budgetary constraints right while also advocating for artists and making sure that, you know, ZZ Top is not doing a license for $500 uh, aside because that is not appropriate, um, you know, for an artist at that level. And, you know, even going down the list, an indie artist should not be at $500 per side. So, you know, that's where, you know, it's our, it's a lot of responsibility to also have those conversations with our film, the film that we may be working on and say, Hey, just going to be real honest, that's not going to be possible because we also understand that, uh, you know, we need to respect their talent and their art. Their creation. So, um, yeah, I feel like that was more of a generalized response, but, uh, that's huge, bro. Yeah, That's huge. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I think composers will take it like, it will be a, a really like, um, a sigh of release uh, of relief because, you know, I mean, t- 
to me, the supervisor's role is so vague because it's so broad, yet so underlooked. Same as uh, editor, by the way, they're, they are masters. Like they are, th these people, I want to talk to a lot of editors on this podcast because um, they are artists in their own right, in my opinion. Like I know how they cut trailers. I know how they cut music into, into and, and you know, and everybody is an artist here in their own respect to me. And that's, I, I might be naive saying that, but that's, uh, and that brings me to the, the next uh, uh, question and next point, uh, the, the Guild of Music Supervisors. That's why it was, I feel like it was created because the job of music supervisors wasn't respected as much as it was supposed to be. And, and please uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And I would love to hear from you guys. How did it meet you? And how did y'all get to um, uh, the award ceremony? Like the, uh, uh, um, you, you were nominated for an award for, uh, um, and, and just like, where does it meet you? Um, yeah, so I, I mean, the guild, you know, for us and for creators is a great resource. Uh, there's, uh, there's a Canadian Guild of Music Supervisors, there's a UK Guild of Music Supervisors. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of chapters for each country. Um, so, you know, I would look into that wherever you're listening. Um, but yeah, the, the U.S. Uh, version of the Guild of Music Supervisors has been really instrumental in helping push that uh, narrative forward and really one identifying what is a music supervisor and that's why you're seeing all of these articles coming out about stranger things and the kate bush sink you're seeing articles come out about the last of us about um oh what's the other one that i saw um yellowstone um there's one other i can't remember but uh, you know, articles are coming out left and right about these crafts because people love music. I mean, we're seeing it on our phones with TikTok and stuff, right? People love music being combined to a, a media. And so with that, it's like, oh, this is a job. This is, you know, an opportunity for us to share that platform of what we do and understand that, you know, we're, we're not the director, we're not the studio, but we're working just as hard as uh, everybody else out there, right? And we're an essential member of each production. We're not just uh, some small team member helping get waters for everybody. It's, you know, we, we have a big task where music has been so monumental in shaping a lot of films, uh, as we've seen, you know, over the last few years, like Spider-Verse, uh, you know, Suicide Squad, things like that. And um, yeah, it's it. You know, there's a lot of free panels, very informative. They're always trying to educate uh, songwriters and artists as well, just so you know you're aware of your rights and you know what are the best practices to engage with the music supervisor. We have one way, but every you know, it, just like each song is uh, has a life of its own, so does every music supervisor, right? So uh, you know, it's a great organization to be a part of. We're we're both members. And we love supporting the guild. We were so grateful to be honored uh, for our work as well at the Guild of Music Supervisors Awards. It was our first and uh, of many nominations to come. And, uh, you know, we, we really felt grateful to be uh, nominated in that field um, and in that, you know, that so many of our, 
among our peers that you know we have looked up to and respected and uh, it was a really good moment to uh talk with everybody there um yeah it, it was it, it was really incredible to have that opportunity um to go out there and uh they're even opening like a nashville uh chapter here hopefully where you know they'll they'll bring more opportunities for songwriters and artists to engage and you know the goal is to get that everywhere so you know the idea of sync isn't some uh hidden gem anymore it's you know as easy as looking up things online and calling your you know meeting somebody at a restaurant who understands you know what we're doing so mm. yeah because the i mean i mean to what you're saying there's way more demand than ever for uh, um movies like just I mean, for me, it's just look at Netflix. Every day there's something coming out, basically, there. And it's just like, with that comes a demand as well. And with that demand, I mean, there's royalties as well. There's opportunities. There's uh, uh, also, I, I assume, more opportunities for supervisors. Um, and I want to ask uh, Lauren, what, 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 how do your skills complement each other because usually again like from what i know uh, uh and cor again correct me if i'm wrong but supervisors usually work solo how do you guys uh get into how do you complement each other what are your fortes and how do you kind of compensate for each other and and grow as a unit yeah i think that's a fantastic question and I'll start off by answering that and just say that, you know, Andrew is so knowledgeable in the licensing realm and I've learned so much from him. He is just like a wealth of knowledge and he's so passionate about, you know, educating other people, um, you know, on music licensing. And he's taught me personally so much about that, you know, and, I think we've both had prior experiences, um, you know, and we've worked for supervisors and, you know, we've learned the ropes, but when it gets down to, you know, the nitty gritty, he is really, really on top of it. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's fun. Like I, I really enjoy like a lot of the, the creative aspects of things. Um, I think it's, you know, really fun to be able to work with, you know, a director or producer and, you know, they've got the budget and the resources available and we're able to pull, you know, some really fun songs that, you know, they can afford. Um, that's, that's really, really cool. And um, I think, you know, the culmination of our experiences and prior jobs that we've had, you know, um, I think Andrew mentioned before, but I worked for Rick Clark and he worked for Anastasia Brown, um, you know, and even prior experiences like my whole background. I started in sound design and then I moved to music editing and and then supervision eventually, um, you know, when we're both musicians by heart. And so I think, you know, applying the technical knowledge of theory and just organizational skills and you know, simple things like, like cue sheets and, you know, we really have taught each other a lot. And I think it would be foolish to say that we know everything because 
every project that we take on, we learn so much from each other. We learn so much from new clients that we work with. I mean, we even took on our first project in the UK and we learned about the VAT tax there that they don't have in the US. And uh, <laughs> it was definitely quite a shock. Um, but I think, you know, every project we take on, there's something unique and um, we combine our creative brains, our technical brains. And um, I guess the best way I could explain supervision, it's like the perfect blend between the creative brain and the business brain. And yeah, we, we really balance each other out in a lot of different ways. Um, and we're, we're passionate about, you know, similar things, I think, in sync, but also very different things. And so just putting our heads together has been such a wonderful experience. I mean, Andrew's just a phenomenal partner, you know, always, always cheering each other on. And um, we've, we've got a great working relationship. I mean, I don't think I've ever met anyone that that works harder than him. So, likewise, right? <laughs> yeah, y'all y'all seem like a y'all seem like a, a good crew. To be honest, uh, y'all seem I, I'm I'm intrigued as an artist what it looks like to to work with y'all. Um, before we come we come on we're coming on the hour and uh, I want to ask you a final question. I had. A bag of questions for y'all here as we were speaking i was kind of geeking in but uh um one one question i have for both of y'all as composers are the, are the main uh people who listen to this people who are in this industry what is a a piece of advice that you would give composers and people who are listening to this and people who really want to to step it up and to make a living out of out of this th sync game, what would be some a piece of advice that you would give the, these people? It's a good question. Very good, especially to our composer friends. Well, um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of go ahead and, and start off by saying like, you know, I know a lot of what we deal with, you know, and in the traditional music supervisor sense, a lot of them deal with artists and songwriters. But, you know, that's one thing that makes us special is we really do have an impact working with composers because sometimes what happens is there's not enough but money for, you know, to license songs and they just want to hire a composer. Well, that's where we come in. We go find them and then we go in, uh, you know, work through that creative process with them. What is the sound that they're trying to develop? And we love working with, you know, uh, rising new voices uh, in the composer world because, you know, it's it's a fun journey there. You know, um, I, I think two pieces of advice. Um, one uh, actually comes from Hans Zimmer. Um, and that would be, you know, uh, if you've ever taken his master class, he says, you know, when people ask me what my backup option is, I say composition. You know, people are always like, "What do you mean?" It's like, no, that that's my job. That's what I will do, and that's it. You know, and if if you're a rising composer, like that's where I say definitely uh, don't give up. It's a long journey ahead. It is not easy, even for Lauren and I. It's it's you know we're still growing our business and, and growing our client base, and 
you know, it's it, it's really great to have composers to bounce things off of and build that support network uh, as well. But you know, I think if you really, really are passionate about it, um, it will come over time. Uh, you know, for those who put in the time and the work uh, to make that happen. So uh, Hans Zimmer is my first piece of advice, and my second is, you know, don't be afraid to try new things. I think in today's age, uh, sometimes there's norms just because composers have been around for so long that people understand what, what they are. And I want the Hans Zimmer drums. Okay. You know, and at the end of the day, composers need to meet the client's needs, right? Sure. But um, if you have that creative ability to, you know, have some influence and work on a project where you're able to, you know, get creative, um, don't be afraid to think outside of the box. You know, you'd be really surprised at what people, um, come back with when let's say you're uh doing a project and you somehow use sound design elements uh in your score and it was a very stripped down uh score for an action movie okay well go look at all quiet on the western front it just won uh i'm pretty sure that just won best score at the oscars uh incredible soundtrack very minimalistic not what you'd expect from a world war one story right um but that composer went outside the box and you know really wanted to uh, provide the awe of war, right? And uh, you know, I think uh, just just don't be afraid to go outside the box, get creative, and and you know, you're you're not you're not bringing babies into this world. You're not saving lives. It's it's music. Like have fun with it. Yeah, um, I think those are all great points that Andrew brought up. Um, I would say if you're going to reach out to a supervisor, just make sure you do your research on them first. Make sure you do your research on, you know, the shows that they work on, the type of music that they work with. Do they, you know, is it shameless? Are they using specifically, you know, a lot of rock cues in their shows? And, you know, don't go pitching them techno for that you know and i think if you want to get on somebody's brief list um a, a huge way to you know build that trust and pique someone's interest is look at the shows that they're working on and see if your music is a good fit for something that they would be working on and how you can align a partnership because you know andrew and i get messages all day long of you know oh check out this and you know, kind of the perspective of what can you do for me? But I think if you can approach, you know, a supervisor with the mindset of how can I help you? And, you know, how can we really work together and build that trust and build that relationship up? It's huge. And I would say, you know, back to our point earlier that we brought up, attach your metadata to your darn songs, please. <laughs> Have all, if you're a songwriter, just have your splits dedicated and decided, you know, before you leave the room, is it a third, a third, a third, is it 50%, 50%, just make sure that, you know, everything's accounted for, all your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed. Um, there's nothing worse than, you know, burning a bridge with somebody because you got too excited, but you didn't have it all together. And I think young people tend to get excited and you know they're ready to seize that opportunity but they they approach it the wrong way or they don't have you know 
all their ducks in a row. And it's sad to see because, you know, we're, we're passionate about, you know, trying to make sure that people know these things. So for the people listening, um, yeah, definitely just make sure that, you know, you educate yourself and there's so many different resources out there today. I mean, you can YouTube music licensing basics and there's so much knowledge at your fingertips. You can, you can teach yourself really all of this. You don't have to go to school for it. There's no degree that you have to learn. And yeah, I mean, there's really something to be said, like you can, you can really get your foot in the door that way. If you're very strategic about the way that you align your, your partnership with people and approach people in that way. Yes. Um, communication, 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 communication. It's everything. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask a, an, an extra shameless question uh, because I get it a lot from people actually who listen to the podcast. They ask about the use of uh, uh, samples and spe- specifically things like splice or, you know, like sample libraries. And um, to be honest, from my experience, if one takes these samples and manipulates them enough, then it's it's passable. It's okay, but um, I would I would love to hear it. And I, and again, there's a lot of people who say no, 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 no. Loop, get it out of here. Like no, I, I don't I don't even want to want to hear that stuff. So I would like um, for um, either one of you to to address that for a second, if possible. Um, yeah, I, I know that's a definitely a hard one to answer and we can't give like a direct answer and straightforward, like this is it on every case. Everything is a case by case basis. Um, you know, like splice, I know uh there's been some issues with, you know, the sounds that are used and somebody claims they own them. And, you know, uh I, I would just say make sure in the user agreements. So, you know, usually they have agreements that you can look at when buy a subscription or purchase the sounds like you know if it's subscription based you can use it for that period that you have the subscription or you know if you um purchase like the Hans Zimmer bundle you know that has the Hans Zimmer sounds then you know are just double check the agreement that says yes you're able to use this in your compositions you know uh it'll state the language in there usually but um yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the best thing you can do is get all original music. It's fine doing mock-ups of scores, and, you know, if you're in the box and trying to get things figured out, that's fine. But, you know, uh, if if, uh, if you really are going for that big theatrical release, you really got to go to the studio and record all of those original sounds. And, you know, when it comes to, like, sample clearances, you know, we've been fortunate. We really haven't uh, experienced too much of that, um, you know full honesty but you know in in, uh what what we've seen is is you know a lot of times it's uh in the hip-hop world there's a lot of samples of older songs that get used right there could be a song from 1955 that's get used that um is used in a 2022 song of a hip-hop uh you know artist have no idea but you know that's where you have to be liable for that and uh you have to do your due diligence. And, and actually what will happen is a lot of times 
uh, when when uh, supervisors license music, they're the one that says something. And the label says, whoa, what? That's a sample? Oh, my gosh. And then they have no idea. And they're like, holy crap, we got to go get this fixed. So, um, you know, uh, sometimes it actually turns it around the other way where uh, the supervisor kind of becomes the uh, uh, investigator, let's say. Mm, the ear. Yeah, I mean, um, again, I feel like that's why uh, supervision can be very under underrated because the supervisor basically crafts the story uh, with with the of course the the creator director all these uh, people they make it but think about uh, I mean if I think about a, a movie let's say like let's say the biggest movies I know like Matrix uh, um, what's the name of the movie that uh, Interstellar or these movies like what would they be without the music what would they be without the music for real um and yeah even movies like you were saying like uh, a suicide squad a suicide squad is a is a classical is a classic uh, example because it's straight up supervision uh masterclass in my opinion um but uh or uh, guardians of the galaxy stuff like that where they take the craziest or euphoria th- things like that where people you can I can definitely say it's art it's an art form so I appreciate y'all for for bringing that and um and I appreciate you guys for coming on the on the podcast and being so legendary with your time and everything where can people reach out to y'all yeah well well thank you for having us Roy um we're really grateful to sit down with you and um you know kind of be able to share some of our knowledge. Um, I would say, you know, you can find us on Instagram. Um, we're, you know, on LinkedIn. Um, where else, Andrew? Our yeah, website. that's what I was going to say. Instagram and LinkedIn are usually the best to get conversation. Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave the links in the, in the show notes. Thank you all for coming on. Y'all are legends. Well, thank you for having us. Thank so, you. Yo. This was an amazing interview, in my opinion. It encapsulated so much, and it, it just like, it gave me so much more depth and knowledge about supervisors, about their actual role and their actual passion about bringing artists forward. I've learned so much from them, um, and I can't, I can't stress it enough, really. Their socials are linked in the show notes. And I'm still linking to Michael Moss's course, his Sync Music Business course, which is amazing in my opinion. So I'm still gonna link to it in the show notes. If y'all dig this podcast, please go and share it, review it, rate it. This really helps the podcast. Like, you don't even know how much. And also connect with me on socials. Let me know. Come say what's up. I'm on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on everything. Just write my name. Follow the podcast on Instagram and whatnot. And yeah, we'll see you on the next episode of Sync Gems. Peace.